you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Stay away from my wife, Mark. Wow. <laughs> Chris Wessling. Podcast studio with New Year's Eve party that went sideways with uh, Zumwalt and Sessler? I don't know. I, I, I think he's referring to someone else and their wife. That I Like you, namely. You're, that came from you. I No. Yes, I, it did. Months I had ago. nothing to do with it. I'm Dan Hansis. And I got heroes here. Wow. Scandal to start the show. Colleen Wolf, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. What's up? Oh. Hey. Hi. You know what? I, we're gonna. This is like sage right now. I'm going to sage the top of the show here because I feel like that was maybe the yeah. wrong way to start things uh-huh. with Mark, for sure. Sure. Um, that was off but, on the wrong foot. Yeah, so here, everyone settle It pointed, in. though. It didn't seem vague. It was directed directly at Mark. It was a warning. Do you know anything about this, Justin? The story behind the zummy drop. The zum drops are usually inside jokes referencing something that happened on the show five months ago. So it happened on the show, and it was words from you to oh, me. Oh, it was? Yes. Oh, so it wasn't a premeditated here, use this. It was just something that was culled from a prior show. It has nothing to do with this, Right. He is, mm. yeah. It has nothing to do with Jason's wife and you. No. Good. Now I don't know everything's how clear. else to clarify oh, the that it is. didn't uh, work. Yeah. Do like, it again. <laughs> bring that song back in. Like most jokes, it's good to discuss what it really but meant for really like a gotta, minute afterwards. You need the autopsy. Yes. Yeah. All right. Humor Here coach Greg Rosenthal <laughs> chiming in. That's right. A showman. A growing showman. Yeah. Greg Rosenthal. A growman. A growman. Remember, in the offseason, there will be... Did we decide what was the name of it? Uh, the showman's showman. Oh, the showman's showman's show, show comma, man. man. Yeah. Where it will just be a dissertation, Greg in the audience, Mark and I teaching him the glories. I can't wait for the that. performance. Speaking of being a showman, uh, Greg is going to have a stage to work on his craft because that live show that we're doing, the ATN homecoming show from the Bourbon Room in Hollywood, it's sold out. <gasps> what? So, I, I, like a Taylor Swift concert, go flood the secondary market. See if you can find a ticket for <laughs> a few thousand bucks to try to get in the door, but you can no longer buy tickets because we sold the bastard out. And I just want to thank everyone who has uh, supported us along the way. This is going to be a lot of fun in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I walked by it the other day, and someone was, uh, you know, it's, it's up on Hollywood Boulevard, those, mm-hmm. like, iron gates to close it so it doesn't get broken into at yeah. night. But he was opening it, and I just said, can I take a picture of it? It's got a neon sign. Um, and he said, well, wait, who are you? And I explained, like, I'm part of this football, nerdy football show that's broadcast. He's like, oh, the show's sold out. He's like, come on and take a look. I took a look at the venue. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful venue. I can't wait to tailgate. There's a big tailgate before, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so much going on. So that's happening next week. Of course, it's also New Horizons week in the mm-hmm. NFL. A little bit weird, Greggy. Um, we're so used to doing this. There's always, you know, six to eight coaching changes, it seems, every year. And, of course, not all these guys are out of the woods, but we knew Frank Reich and Matt Rule were gone. Jeff Saturday and Wilkes, interim coach. We'll see what their futures are. Cliff Kingsbury was let go officially on Monday. Lovey Smith as well. So we're just at four right now. 
Is this the calm before the storm, or is this an mm. outlier year? Interesting in terms of uh, maybe. Is it only four? For some reason, I thought Am it was five. Am I missing five. somebody? I don't know. Uh, did you mention the Broncos? Oh, I missed the Broncos, yeah. son of a so I think there'll be one more. So I don't know. Five. It's five. I don't know what what that one will be. Rosberg. We'll get to Sean McVay. Uh, that mm-hmm. one's hanging out there. Uh, I think some of these playoff teams. Uh, if Mike McCarthy doesn't win, Keep I think he's out. Mm-hmm. I think he's out based on Spicy. Jerry Jones's preseason comments that we need to advance in the playoffs. Jerry's known to you know with the wind change certain change. opinions. That, mm-hmm. But yes, especially with another Sean out there potentially. Anyway. So much to get to. So we'll even as this episode goes on, you never know. We could get some breaking news on another uh, change at the top of a head coach uh, or a coaching staff org chart. Uh, but while we wait for that, let's go through all the kind of news out. There's a big news heavy show here as we get you caught up. Uh, thank you if you made it through the 17 hour week 18 <laughs> recap of around the NFL. What a marathon. Yeah. Before I went, I did my good morning football hit with uh, Kyle Brandt this morning. Uh, just making chit chat. Kyle said something like, yeah, man, a pretty long podcast on Sunday. Yeah. I, was well, like, I appreciate him listening. <laughs> well, Maybe listen. Maybe you just saw a tweet of somebody saying oh. the show is too long now. I don't know. We're going to try to shorten this one, but we're off to a great start five minutes in. Uh, let's do a whole bunch of news. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. Yeah. I don't want to let go of the Lions and certainly yeah. don't want to let go of Jamal Williams, uh, Connie, our friend. Oh, I and love him. We talked about it on the Power Rankings podcast today, Connie, that Jamal Williams who was a uh, really a hard knocks favorite on our podcast. Um, he ended up scoring 18 touchdowns and breaking Barry Sanders record and then giving the post game interview of the year. Beautiful. It was the biggest plot twist interview <laughs> that I've ever listened to because it was definitely leading me down one road. Sure. And then all of a sudden it was just a straight U-turn to somewhere else in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. I a think range that, of emotions. Now, that's whew. a showman. I mean, I thought he knew exactly what to do in the moment. There. He's, he's mm-hmm. born with it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into what's Craig going could on. learn a thing or two from him. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Get the sage out again. What? Showman. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Cliff Kingsbury, one of the dismissed coaches, Arizona Cardinals. Also, Steve Kime is out. We know Kime's got some things going on, and, and in concert with the announcement that um, they had. Oh, right, they did the hard knocks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cliff out. They also said Kime is stepping aside, so Kime's out. They're blowing up the whole thing, um, and we we learned that Kyler Murray, the quarterback, who's rehabbing his own. Um, knee injury, uh, and that's a storyline around this team. Uh, the owner of the team, Michael Bidwell, um, had this to say about how Kyla Murray factors in. We're in communication, and uh, and and we should be talking later today. We texted, and and either today or tomorrow. And so, absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. Makes sense. I mean, that should always, especially after you get into business at that level with the quarterback, Greg. I don't know how much you, you power you give him in the, in the room, but you want his voice to be heard. Yeah, it's not going to be that much. But the point of getting a new coach is to maximize Kyler Murray. That's the, that's the biggest point. I mean, you have to be able to run the entire organization, something I'm not sure like Cliff Kingsbury was incredibly strong at. And I don't know if he was incredibly strong at schematically creating an advantage for Kyler Murray. And so that's why you see Cliff Kingsbury get let go. I did like him personally more after watching this Hard Knocks, and I did watch a decent amount. I think he was a like a good Kyler. guy. Both of them. Oh, but, okay. but I meant Cliff. Mm. Oh, Cliff. I okay. think Cliff's a, like a good person trying his best, and it wasn't it just wasn't going to happen for him. Like, this was not the job for him. It, like, it was maybe in a little over his head, but he was doing his best, trying his best, like, believed in his players. I think he was well-liked. Like, th- that wasn't all the problem. The, everyone getting really carried away with them spending all the money on that extension. At the time, we killed that extension. We said this is a ridiculous extension mm-hmm. to be extending Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury through 2027. But it's not my money. It didn't matter in the end. Like the own, like the extension had no difference. If he had added one year or five years, it's the exact same to Cardinals fans. So I, I'm glad they did that. And when you really think about the money involved here, people are like, oh, they're cheap and they don't want to spend all that money. 
I get that, but you spend more on like one season of Kelvin Beecham than you do on five seasons or around the same of, of Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kine. So in the scheme of things, I think it's, I think it's the money's part of it. And you're right. Like if you're a fan of the team, like it doesn't affect your salary cap at all. And if your owner's willing to make this change, it shows you that he doesn't care about the money side of he wants to get it right. That's to their credit. But their discredit was as we critique, to your point, Greg, just the fact that they ex- they saw enough in Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime a year ago to say this, these guys definitely need an extension coming off in a playoff wipeout against the Rams. I could say this for Kingsbury. He was in a tough spot this year. They used a franchise record 81 players. They were the fourth most injured team in the league. You didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for a big chunk of the year. You lost Kyler Murray for the back end of the year. You used four quarterbacks in four games in a row at one point. That's enough to get a coach into hot water and fire, but that also has yeah. nothing to do with why Cliff Kingsbury is gone. And yet, does and anyone yet. does anyone no. feel that the Cardinals are making a mistake here? Moving no, at this no. Point? This yeah. was this whole season was a disaster before it even started with Kyler Murray scrubbing any evidence of the Cardinals from his Instagram, and then obviously the contract stuff that happened, and then all of the off-field drama moved onto the field when you had Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury screaming at each other on the TNF game, and Kyler was telling him to calm down. And DeAndre Hopkins had to kind of like take him away and move him out of that like whole situation. But didn't I mean, Cliff was brought in initially for Kyler Kyler. and obviously that didn't work out. And you want to have Kyler Murray's input, but I don't know, like it just seems like the same mistake will happen again. And they need to bring in a coach that's going to not only get along with Kyler Murray, but also get along with Michael Bidwell because he's really proactive. Yeah. And just have a better sense of who is a good offensive coach. Because there were a lot of people who did not believe Cliff Kingsbury was a good schematic offensive coach. And that's the thing that struck me was like people talking about, oh, maybe the Patriots are going to hire him. Maybe he'll go with the Rams if McVay stick around. It's like, I think the Cardinals offense was defined by its lack of ability to adapt over the last four years. They were one of the easiest offenses Mm -hmm. to to attack. But before it happened, it was because Kingsbury and Kyler Murray had known each other forever. Sure. But it was, it was I, think, like I don't they, think it was a personal thing. I was think it was more like this guy will maximize Kyler mm-hmm. as a player, and obviously. But Kime didn't, didn't even do didn't do him any favors with the way that the roster was set up because there were key positions. I mean, the roster has no depth in general. But then the offensive line, you, you look at what they have coming up in terms of free agents. I think four of their five starters are free agents. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. There's just a a lot mm-hmm. that needs to be done. And they are hiring a GM before the coach, so. We'll see. The idea of Cliff always seemed like it was something that the Cardinals liked. He fit the profile of a guy that was leading the team. He's a young, confident dude. Remember the the shot on draft day of him? Iconic. Like in his beautiful den or whatever with his feet up on the table. I mean, that's, still, the, that's still, I think, was pretty cool. desert but... behind him. Like that, there was an image of like what this guy brought to the team, but then a reality of maybe he wasn't really what they hoped he was going to be, so they start over. And the Kime thing, I'm expecting more to the story to come out at some point. If anyone cares to... I don't really need to. I don't more. need to, I don't but know. I just yeah. mean there will be lawsuits is what I'm expecting. Oh. It just seems like really? whatever was going down with him that he had to leave the team in the middle of the season. What a mess. It's, like a, the it's a mess. He seems like a guy that's dealing with some personal I mean, he'd things. He'd been there and... since 1999. I like, mm-hmm. And he'd been through stuff before and... It, We'll see. Had the had the public DUI and yeah, clo- close with the Bidwells. I I would be a little concerned. Like Bidwell said, yeah, he'd rather hire the GM, but that wouldn't get in the way if like the timing didn't work out. And so it's now it's just Bidwell hiring these coaches. It had been Kime essentially in the past, and I do think it's a logical place for Sean Payton. If I'm Sean Payton, the organization maybe is a big bit of a concern, but the Kyler Murray factor would be intriguing. Um, in other new horizons, we head to Nashville. New horizons. <laughs> new horizons. <laughs> the Titans fired four assistant coaches on Monday, including offensive coordinator Todd Downing, who had been in that position for the past two seasons. They also fired their offensive line coach, Keith Carter, secondary coach Anthony Midget and offensive skills assistant Eric Frazier. Hey, um, first of all, did I get the last name right there? Yeah, the so it's Tony coach? Midget. It's Tony Midget. Okay. Um, Grave digger. Um, 
You okay with this? Is is Downing an unfair fall guy, or was it time to mix things up? And is this just the beginning because they could save 18 mil, I believe, on their cap by moving on from your boy Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, it's interesting. The, you know, the Titans' offense was the only the Titans were the only team in the NFL this season to fail to score 30 points in a single game, and they never topped 28 points in a single game. So. Yeah, the offensive line was banged up. They played with multiple quarterbacks. Receivers aren't good. But the offense got noticeably worse after Art Smith left to become the Falcons' head coach. Todd Downing had two years to show that he could be, you know, a good NFL play caller. And I don't think he was ever above average. If anything, he was below average or bad. So I think it was the right move for the Titans' direction here. Having a bad offensive line every single season is coaching. Yeah, and that's me, why it's Keith not about, Carter. It's not about personnel. Uh, and that's the the coordinator. But there's a lot on Vrabel. He, he, he is risking becoming a little Bill O'Brien-like here because he got the GM fired. I'm just going to uh, assume that, that he was involved in that mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. And they didn't win a game after that. It's worth saying. They did that in the middle of the season. Not like the GM is doing a lot in the middle of the season to create wins and losses, but just interesting. And then now he's going to be hiring the new coach. It's just a lot. Well, if he got him fired, part of it was the GM decided to trade A.J. Brown, which completely sabotaged mm-hmm. their entire offense. They had the worst wide receiver crew league-wide, and it showed for the not scoring 30 points. I think there we, we talked about Vrabel on draft night when they traded A.J. Brown, and his visceral and body and body language and everything was just like, no, don't do this. And <laughs> I mean, think about the dominoes. Uh, and, of course, the injuries are a big part of the story with the Titans on offense. But the dominoes, starting with that decision, how that impacted the quarterback play, how it impacted, uh, obviously, their wide receiver and playmaking ability, how that hurt the offensive coordinator's ability to enact the scheme. All this stuff is kind of connected. Sometimes one decision it's so many dominoes. It's catastrophic and you for have an organization. so many new pieces now coming in this season. And I guess it's a good thing considering how the season went. But, like, I mean, when Graver's talking about the way that they didn't score any points, I mean, 30th in yards per game, second half of games also just like really stood out to me because they just, their second half adjustments were like, we're just not going to show up or score any points. Yeah, like, they I don't the, know what that was. They had the worst second half point differential of any team in the league. And to your point, Colleen, it never got better. Like, right. they were mm-hmm. Bad in week one, and they were just as bad in week eighteen. So, well, after years of over or under indexing on this show, and Dan calling in terms of how much we talked about the Titans, mm-hmm. and Dan calling them the Titans mm, for really years, got certain mm. people upset. Um, I think we've over indexed now uh, with Graver here, and we are now taking a break. It's going to be a month. Did you just break minimum. up with the Titans? Do we want to fire the Titans in the sun for a little <laughs> I bit? I just said we're going to take a break. <laughs> I don't we're, know. Like, don't we want to cover who they hire as their new general manager <laughs> I mean, at some point I mean, when it happens? It's a possibility, but it's why, not, maybe why, not an we'll essential. We'll cover it in a minimalist yeah, way. at least mention it. And, and, and we'll keep moving. I will say since I became their fan at one yes. point during the autumn. <laughs> they didn't win a game. They, they went 0-7 and, and turned into an absolute raging, fiery right. nightmare. And just for any listeners that might be curious, this new arrangement with the Titans for the time being, it will not um, carry over to other teams like the New York Jets. But the Titans specifically, much less Fresh target. conversation. Yeah. Yes, just for the time I just being. need a break. That's all. Uh, in other new horizons, we head to the Cleveland Browns, where Joe Woods. In other new horizons, we head for it. to the new horizons. I think that's Sage snowed under our musical director. <laughs> That's in the industry parlance. That's the cue when you hear horizons. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, Going forward. (laughs) We need a live harp. And like the last five years of the show. Um, The Browns fired defensive coordinator Joe Woods on Sunday night after back to back losing seasons. Mark, I'll tee you up on this one. They did improve as the season went along. But this team, uh, you could say, underachieved defensively, especially um, terrible against the run. Uh, which was a major problem for them. So they are uh, rebooting leadership on that side of the ball in Cleveland. They went into the year really short on the interior defensive line. And so the run thing, there's that's part of it. Uh, they were in the mid-20s in DVOA for most of the season. They did tighten up since week 13, played some good games, and were kind of closer to like 12, 13. But like Joe Woods always felt like the obvious fall guy here. Because it's like Stefanski surviving because you didn't have your quarterback for much of the season, X, Y, and Z. I'm not convinced Stefanski's the guy for Deshaun Watson on any level, that they fit together. But Woods is your scapegoat here, uh, taken out of the 
school book depository and <laughs> on the bread line now. But I will say this. I, watching a team waste Miles Garrett's career, you got to find the right guy. They are looking at Brian Flores, Jared Mayo, Sean Desai. I mean, there's guys out there that could that Brian I think Flores would be a great Brian hire. Brian Flores yeah. would be great. But, but I mean, <laughs> there's skill. There's good players here. They were not used correctly this past season at Jadavian all. Davian Clowney believes that. That well, was something gone. I kind of... I know he's probably not coming back. But I don't think he probably, made it clear. I would say he is he's not coming back. He's thing. definitely out when they he left the door open for a yeah. return. I think he, like, yeah. Jared, he even turned like Miles Garrett against him with what he did. I mean, it's just like. Well, he, there were so many. That thing that really like struck me was how many players came out and very openly talked about how they needed a fresh start. Like Greg Newsom talked about they maybe needed to keep things more vanilla on defense and that. Joe did a great job in the second half of the year just realizing, you know what, maybe we don't need to call everything. Let's just shorten the menu Mm. down. And then John Johnson said, I don't even like talking about scheme too much. He said that I think you're getting your players to play. That's the main thing. That's what I want. So that's like a more of a motivation thing. And we talk about uh, Mark, to your point about the defense getting better in the second half, they also their their pass defense definitely did, mm-hmm. but they faced quarterbacks like Kyle Allen, Tyler Huntley, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz. Like I mean, Kenny Pickett, who's been doing better, but mm. it wasn't like powerhouse quarterbacks. Lineup, yeah. Didn't get to face the worst. Um quarterback in the division on their own roster, though. You know. mm. Oh, we got him! Uh, Andrew Barry, I thought the biggest takeaway from this was how they're keeping Stefanski and that they were pretty forthright in that, saying, like, we we know we've got a good one in Kevin Stefanski. We're going to keep him. But okay. great head coaches get involved with the defense, and I think some of the reporting is that Stefanski kind of was just like, oh, the defense is yours, Joe Woods. He made that hire of Joe Woods. Did you think they were, there was he, a chance that Stefanski was going to go? No, but with like, all these teams... You never think, like, when there's a surprise firing, you don't always see it coming. So he was sort of on the long list of, like, would that be that crazy because of what you're saying with Watson? But they have bought into the Watson and him being a pair. And Stefanski, if, if you if you do want to be a great head coach, you need to be better at hiring your defensive coordinator, and you need to, like, figure out how to help that side of the ball. Don't you look at, like, the Stefanskis and, like, the Dennis Allens of the world and be like, here's the problem if you keep these guys. Like, they're fresh... Um, they're fresh new fall guys like come week 14 next season sure. to be let go because nothing is going right. And then you're taking your team with no quarterback, the Saints, or the Deshaun Watson situation and putting it into a third developmental or second developmental year. I like I like Stefanski, though. I think they should see it through and see if he can get Watson to work. And if it doesn't You'll happen, like this, it's going to happen. You'll like this. I got this text screen grab on my um, fantasy football thread from my buddy Elliot. Headline from the Akron Beacon Journal. Deshaun Watson wants, quote, man-to-man conversation with Browns coach Kevin Stefanski on plan. Deshaun Watson, who hasn't had a man-to-man conversation with anyone for two years. Right. Now he wants to dictate the direction of this franchise. Who was a hot mess on the field. Which, by the way, he can because ownership gave him 300 damn million dollars or whatever it was guaranteed. Woo! Woo! Elliot added the um, addendum. This is insane on so many levels. Your friend is all over this. He's sharp on it. He's sharp on it. Uh, Shout out, Eli. Uh, Here we go. What else we got? What else we have? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. That's show. We'll be right back. (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. All right, we're back. Here we go. We roll on New Horizons week here. Get better. Get better. I wouldn't say it's solved. Um, <laughs> who's safe? Who's safe right now? Stefanski. There's one. Stefanski. Mm-hmm. Seems like Josh McDaniels in uh, yeah. Las Vegas seems safe. Dennis Allen seems safe, but I, I wrote about this in the power rankings. This is a bit of a trope of uh, this time of year, almost specific to this day and, and Monday mm-hmm. um, after the season. When the coach has the press conference, and I want to make sure I give you the exact quote, although it is a very similar quote. Um, when he was, Dennis Allen is asked about his job status after his first year at the Saints, whether he has a job, whether he's going to be the head coach. And his reply was, I don't think there's any need to discuss that any further. And I'm certainly going forward with that anticipation. That's the indication that I've been given, and I'm excited about it. Um, always seems like a weird, unnecessary situation. Um, and I understand it's the timing also. It, maybe the team's not sure what they want to do yet. But when you send your head coach out for that end-of-season pre- press conference the day after uh, the final game of the year, and he doesn't actually have it on like Ooh. 100% authority that he's coming back. So he says that thing like, no one's told me I'm not coming back, so I'm just assuming I am. Mm. It always feels like a bit of a tough sitch, put it that way, for the old HC. And in this case, Dennis Allen. Agree. Like McVay put himself in a different situation. We can get to that later, but he also didn't seem to have his own clarity. I watched the Dennis Allen press conference for some reason because I just thought it might be awkward and uh-huh. – he Did just, it deliver? He didn't say anything. <laughs> he just didn't answer any questions. He it's sort of he's in limbo. It seemed like he's but a it guy wasn't in limbo. about his job. I'm saying like about the team and what they're going to do and different things. And he just sort of like refused to say anything meaningful. But do you think that might be connected to maybe not knowing if he, he is he part seemed, of the future? Yeah, he, he tried to nip that in the bud. And you read yeah. the quote right away. Like, stop asking me about this. <laughs> Essentially, right away. Stop I, asking me if I'm fired. It really seems. I don't know. It really seems like he's safe because the whole Sean Payton idea seems to have come and gone in terms of Sean Payton potentially coming back. That doesn't seem like it's at all in the cards. All right. In other news, Sean McVay, of course, the Super Bowl winning coach of the Rams. Big story going into week 18 that he might step away from the sidelines, at least temporarily. Uh, he spoke to the media on Monday, and this is what he had to say about his uncertain future. I don't get the sense in the least bit I'm done coaching, right? It's just a matter of what does that look like as it relates to the immediate future. I think what I'd like to do is be able to take the appropriate time, never gone through anything like this, but you want to make sure that you're considered of the people that are affected. That That's the most important thing, and that's probably – you know, you want to be able to the, the consistent conversations and dialogues that have existed with the people that I love and really care about. Hey, do what you think is best for you and Veronica. Um, but that doesn't mean it takes away the empathy, the level of responsibility that I do feel for the people that would be affected, um, you know, as it relates to my decision moving forward. And so those are the things that uh, you don't take lightly. And we learned that he has let his 
coaches, his assistants know that it's cool to look for outside work, which seems like another indication. McVeigh. That is, was from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Yeah, that like done. if you wanted mm-hmm. to take another job, and our, our friend Jordan Rodriguez added some context that there would have been a lot of changes to the staff anyways. We already knew the offensive coordinator was leaving. That was a month ago. I think that was more of uh, he wasn't going to be brought back and mm-hmm. found a job situation, and I think there could be more. Raheem Morris is a notable guy on that staff there, D.C. Like, for it to get to this point, whatever Sean McVay is going through mentally has to be really, really taxing for him to just come out and be like, this is like nothing I've ever experienced. Hey, staff, go ahead. Like, look for other jobs. Don't stay here because of me because I don't even know what I'm going to do. I mean, that, especially in this NFL right now and this time, like, when you see guys getting hired and fired and all of the success that he's experienced from the jump with the Rams. I just think that there's much more that we don't know um, about what he's going through. And I bet that everything has been really hard on him this year. Like the expectations were really high. And I know you guys were talking about this the other day on the pod, just about like he just got married. And I honestly can't imagine like having an in-laws family going through a war-torn situation like that is i understand like you have your your work life and your personal life but a lot of times those things have to be in the same scope like you're still just a human being dealing with other human beings and like i think he has to take whatever time he needs to step away but it is kind of weird because we don't hear it all the time for a coach to say i need this yeah i think it's countercultural and it's it's he's a younger coach obviously a lot of the guys like the cliff kingsburys were hired because of the Sean McVay effect you go find this young guy that is so driven and so resourceful and he's a brainiac and a wizard and he's going to change your offense but Sean McVay always took so much on like i'll just never think we talked on something that feature that came out before the season just the weight I remember being at the uh, the combine after they lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots, and and Sean McVay was up on stage uh, the Diaz in that big room talking to Good Morning Football early before a bunch of press showed up, and there was just this sort of weight to his entire demeanor. Like that Super Bowl weighed so heavily on him, and I think it's such a release after they won one. But then now you're right back in the thick of it in an organization that maybe if you're thinking personally, like I'm at this place where I'm at this crossroads and need to make a countercultural move and go treat my family situation, my mental health, all that stuff before football, which is different than the old school coaches that just like burn through this and never around their families. They sleep at the facility that they're 80 weeks, even if they only need to be there 54. McVeigh is not from necessarily that world. And he's telling us that. I think he's saying like coaching isn't over. Immediate coaching might be. He's also being courted left and right by television. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, I guess from a Rams angle too, they've, he's done so much for him that you'd be like, we want you to do what you want to do. But do you really, if you're a player, and this is not against Sean McVay because there's no doubt that he's all in, like, do you want to coach every January taking press conferences mm-hmm. whether or not you still want to do this? It's like, mm-hmm. you need, like you need, that coach needs to be the anchor. So if he's not able to be the anchor for whatever reason, float away for a bit and maybe we see you again. Well, I think... You know, the one thing that was difficult about what he said was he'd never been through anything like this before. And that's true in terms of this season. But he was going through something exactly like this a year ago at this time. He considered going, leaving the job. Mm. Right. It's two years in a row. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's like we're so, getting this, you know, year after so year. So that, I, I agree that you you can't be in that spot and put your team in that spot year after year. And he's very conscious of that. And you could hear him mm-hmm. speaking to that. And it makes you think that he will go away, but it, it, it's hard to guess. And I think Jordan, uh, our friend I'll mention again, like hit on, I, I think, a key point here. You said like there had been this sprint from him, basically his whole football life since he was like John Gruden's mentee almost 15 years ago of like getting to the mountaintop, get, you know, becoming the best coach in the league, getting all the, winning the Super Bowl. And you hear this from a lot of people who have experienced a lot of success in their lives. And they realize when they get to the top and they achieved everything they ever wanted to that actually isn't that satisfying mm-hmm. that it's not that fulfilling it is in the moment but it's not going to change who you are in 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 the long term and that whatever he wants to do like that alone isn't going to make everything okay i 
I don't know. I think we, I think we've probably seen the last of them with, like for the Rams right now. It seemed like this, does the Super Bowl winning a Super Bowl galvanize you to win five more, or was it more of a relief? And it just felt like it was just more of a relief to Sean McVay at times than like I want to do this for thirty more years. Don't ask it again. Like think about when we reached the end of the season. Oh and, man, like, just put the, me on the bus. The burnout that sometimes we feel. I can't imagine being a head coach and knowing that they are the amount of work that they are pouring in, the hours, everything. That that burnout must be next level. Stafford says he's coming back regardless. By the way, he, whether McVay's here or not, he doesn't. He's playing football. And I'm sure that Sean McVay is sincere about the passion he has for the job and the idea of burnout, but I'm not ruling out the possibility that it takes a ton of money to work for Fox for a year and then signs a huge new deal with a different team in a much better yeah, place. Like we're watching Sean Payton potentially right. do exactly I mean, I think that. the year off is, is pretty saying. massive. I'm think just of Bill, Bill Parcells there's... did that back in I'm the day. I'm not trying I mean, to be cynical about it, yeah. but like... You could. It could be like this is all too much for him, his personality type, or it could be he thinks it's time for a reset as well. It's sort I'm of just... like players retiring and then like all of a sudden coming back and playing for a right. different team. Right. Well, his again, his the guy who he learned from, John Gruden, right, did the I... exact same thing essentially. And I always remember this article by Bill Belichick. For some reason, Bill Belichick wrote a column in the New York Times after John Gruden won the Super Bowl, and it was kind of like, all right what's next? Like that mm. your life just changed so much and you're going to have all this thing happen. And then at some point you're going to realize like, Oh, I'm just back to being the same uh, coach I was before. Uh, and it, it, I was reminded of it uh, with Jordan's article this Speaking week. Speaking of Bill Belichick, he will be coming back for 24, uh, his 24th season on the sideline uh, with the Patriots. And you know, he's the perfect example. Like everyone's wired differently. I don't, I'm sure McVay lives and dies in every single way with his team, but don't tell me Bill Belichick doesn't either. I or, mean, he's – and here he is now Pete Carroll. <laughs> in his, like, you know, 50th season on the sideline in various capacities. Uh, he can't get enough as he's, uh, I think, 73 years old now, Belichick. Um, he's coming back, but he also acknowledged uh, that the future for the Patriots, you know, things have to change. Here's what Bill had to say. As we do every year, evaluate everything. Um, and try to make the best decisions that we can um, to move forward, to be more competitive, to, to have a stronger team uh, in the future. So, oh, man. Uh, Robert and I will talk about that, talk about that as a staff, and certainly individual conversations with, you know, many of the players, uh, as we always do, well, all the players, but uh, there's some that are, Obviously oh my god, this is terrible. Urgent or will be more timely than than others. He's the best. He is 70 by the way. I just want to run through a wall. <laughs> He's Whoa. choosing his words carefully. He's choosing his words carefully. Did you watch the game on Monday? <laughs> I, uh, I wish I had asked for it. This would have been, you know, better showmanship here. Right. That, that, you mean when you were yelling at our producer behind the glass before the show for having too much? True. That is not too true. much sound. Never would yell. <laughs> never, never would. Never. No. No, they, he, he didn't uh, raise your voice. I, that yes, is not producer. true. <laughs> that is, now you you're didn't. making things up. I said you didn't oh, raise didn't, your voice. No, it didn't raise your voice. Uh, Tom Curran was like, Tom Curran, who's been there forever, was just came out with it yeah. and said, well, a lot of us thought it was dubious when you hired Matt Patricia. It just said the word dubious. And then you didn't really, and, and let Belichick answer dubious. it. Let Belichick answer it. And he gave his Belichick answer of like, I was just doing what I thought was best for the team. And then Tom responded by being like, yeah, but like when we think you do things that are dubious, you don't ever give us like an answer. Uh, so we just have to just sort of say it. And then it sits there. And at that moment, Belichick actually started smiling and laughing. And then and Kern was like, this is not really a question. It's more of a statement. And then B Bill was just like, thank you, Tom. How about this? Flashpoint Belichick with Tom Kern. I would love that. That'd be good. Mm. The series is just. Yeah. We got we got Flashpoint. We had Baker, Rams we had with Baker Jordan. Mayfield in the past. What are you saying? Um, oh. <laughs> wow. Write these down. Uh, yeah, no, Rams was on our on our radar 100%. <laughs> Let's hear that. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> One more time, Graver. Graver. Come on, bud. I want to hear it again. <laughs> no. Oh, oh my, my God. God. The Flashpoint uh, sound bit. <laughs> 
that was Sid? That's yeah, Sid. She sounds like she's had a couple our, glasses of our wine. Legendary there. former producer Sidney Carlson crushing the musical theater that scene is in Utah. Amazing. Um, all right. In other news, uh, Bob McNair, Cal McNair, excuse me, um, discussing the Texans' situation at uh, coach. Uh, Nick Casario could step away. Nice. If a new head coach chooses uh, that as the more righteous path for mm, the organization. Sure, yes. Interesting. Uh, the team is also has requests out to Jonathan Gannon, um, Ayiro Evero, uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, DC of the Niners, Shane Steichen, and Ben Johnson, OC of the Lions. So casting a wide net as they look to replace Lovey Smith, who was fired on Sunday. The Broncos, by the way, also a team looking to replace a head coach. They have scheduled interviews with Dan Quinn, the Cowboys DC, or a request, not a schedule. they got to be granted. Request to interview Dan Quinn, D'Amico Ryans, and Morris. Who we got, Morris? Raheem, Raheem Morris. Uh, yeah. yes, and they, the Rams, also, they interviewed. Who will get that request granted. They also did interview Ajiro Evero, their own Ajiro. defensive coordinator all right so they uh they want a defensive guy uh the panthers for while we're here panthers are talking to jim caldwell uh ken dorsey shane steichen ben johnson frank reich steve wilkes mike kafka Mm -hmm. yeah wow interesting and uh speaking of the panthers uh there has been a lot of speculation about steve wilkes and whether he did enough to earn the job um, I didn't get the vibe uh, listening to Fitterer that that's really going to be an option. I know Wilkes is formally interviewed or is scheduled to this week for the job. But here's Fitterer talking about uh, how he sees the Panthers' job as very, very, uh, you know, savory. Hmm. Tasty. It's a tasty gig compared to the other ones. It's a young team. It's this division is up for grabs here in the next few years. There's no dominant quarterback. Oof. They look at our defense, Sorry, they Tom. look at the offensive lines oh, and the pieces yikes. that we have and the way we're growing right now. And with a few tweaks here and there, you know, this is this is a division that we can we can but, take over. You know, that opportunity is there. But no dominant quarterback, including on your roster. That's been the problem. And uh, well, Scott yeah. Fitter has not solved that. You know, it's not, not just a small tweak to find a dominant quarterback, yeah, so by the way. I, unless he knows something we don't know, I guess Tom Brady is either no longer a dominant quarterback or he'll be in Vegas in a couple of months. Well, I, I think, I think well, both, he's probably right about that. Yeah, I think he <laughs> probably won't be on the Bucks. Maybe he knows. <laughs> he's definitely not dominant uh, uh, this year. The, I uh, really was surprised that Wilkes, I agree with you, doesn't seem like he's getting a great chance here just because he did so well and I think did a lot of the hard things about being a head coach. And the, the reporting is he has a pretty concrete plan of what he would do in terms of hiring an offensive coordinator. So if if you if Steve Wilkes shows up with a great offensive plan in terms of who his coach would be, that would be attractive to me. But everyone else they're interviewing is essentially a defensive. I mean, guy. he had some I mean, offensive. This guy. audition this year was pretty great for him, though, considering mm-hmm. the way that the offense looked before he took over and the team in general. And then afterwards, they had a single game record for total yards, five hundred and seventy. They had a single game record for rushing yards. Like they were the NFL's most efficient passing attack for six weeks. Like they. No one thought that they were going to be able to do anything on offense, especially after trading Christian McCaffrey. And then all of a sudden they were able to run the ball really well. I know that he's a defensive coach, but the team in general looked a lot better under him. It looked if like they had life. If they would have beat the Bucks in week 17, there's a good chance he keeps the job. That's possible. It's but a results-oriented I, business. I, I think Wilkes did a great job, but also... Sometimes you got to win that game. I don't know. I'd point to, I, I, I think it's a hazard sign for coaches. Don't take these interim jobs because Rich Basaccia a year ago did go to the playoffs mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a whirlwind of turmoil and with a team that was, you know, vaguely suspect to begin with, hmm. did a great job, goes and doesn't really get a shot to get that job because, you know. At the sp- time of his life, though, there is something yeah, to that. But yeah, but I'm, for I'm real. Not, that time yeah. of his life is great. But it's like, if you think that it's a pathway to get the head coaching job, what more could Steve Wilkes have done here? That team was a hot disaster and he totally turned them around they beat up on teams showed a lot the players responded and you're not really getting a fair shake here yeah i wanted to circle back to the texans quickly because the casario part of it was very strange to me he was sitting up there knowing that he needed to take responsibility that he hadn't done a good job you know he'll be the first gm in nfl history to ever 
get a chance to hire a third head coach after hiring two straight one and dones. Of course, that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Like where the Texans are now are as as dysfunctional as in that way of like turning over head coaches as any team in NFL history right now. And those were his choices. And he even said, well, admittedly, I will let other people be more involved in this head coaching search, like the McNairs, but I don't think it's a choice. And then he also kept saying, like, if the new coach chooses, I guess, like, you know, and doesn't want me here, I'd have to work with him. I could step away. It's like, what is he doing up there on the podium then? That sounds like a disaster. It sounded yeah. like he didn't necessarily know, kind of like these coaches, right. what his status is going to be. So I took from that that, look, if they hired a, a big name, but it doesn't seem like they're going for one, then they could get rid of Nick Casario. But they're going for assistance around the league. And there was a report, too, that D'Amico Ryans might not even want to interview with them after you know how they've treated the two mm-hmm. uh, last black head coaches that they hired and pretty much got rid of quickly. I I know it's always like, just take the open job. Someone's going to take it. It's like, I'd be really careful about some of these openings. That that one especially. such a shame too because the opportunity there with two first round draft picks this year and next year for whoever is coming Mm in, like it looks great, but then you realize it's the Texans and their track record recently is abysmal. What's the record, by the way, for how many coaches one team has paid at the same time? Uh, Cleveland at one point was paying Rob Chudzinski, I believe, for three different outings as a Browns coach at the same time. <laughs> the Browns around the mid, the early the three coaches era in three has... years is very unusual. And yeah. I'm wondering when's well, the last time been, that even happened. I think there have been. There right, and they're probably back, still back playing Bill O'Brien. So they might be on to their, their fourth. Mm-hmm. It's, That'd that be one... amazing. I'm looking concurrently. I'm like, what is the re- – this is the type of stuff that the – you got Drew behind the glass, all nine foot four of them. Like the research, would they know that with the research group here at NFL Media? I think they would. I think they have the ability to check that <laughs> out. John Madden might know that in a local lavatory, a, a Super Bowl city. I don't know. Who knows? You just got to get the information wherever you can get it. Let's take one more break and then we'll finish things out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like, literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. All right, welcome back. Let's see. Other transactions. Dean Pease. 
Dean Pease. I said Bill Belichick was 73. No, it's Dean who's 73, uh, and he's retiring, the defensive coordinator of the Falcons. He's the He's actually retired two other times previously, but he said this time he thinks it's going to stick. He had some health issues uh, this year. Uh, got run over on the sideline a couple weeks ago, but he said that had nothing to do with uh, the decision. He just said it's time uh, to walk away. So Dean Pease, who's been coaching for, I think, 50 years, uh, happy trails to you, good sir. Uh, Defensive coordinator on the 18-1 uh, and one Patriots, Dean Pease. Nice. Also, the defensive. Got that, he's got that conference championship Which, ring. They also ah, mentioned that like a Super Bowl ring. They mentioned that like six hundred times when Dean Pease was squaring off against Tom Brady in Week 18. These guys know each other oh, from you know no. their time together, their shared time together in New England. He weirdly right, we get it. won his Super Bowl with the Ravens, with one of the worst Ravens defenses of all time. <laughs> oh, the Niners year. Yeah, the way yeah, the year they won the Super Bowl was yes. one of their worst. Is that a credit to him? Uh-huh. 40, it feels like it's no, 47. but he stuck around and they had a lot of he great defense. Okay, he, he had a lot of great defenses <laughs> with some adversity. <laughs> he was also the Titans defensive coordinator when they ended the Brady Patriots dynasty. Oh, and the, so the another late Brady interception there. Yeah, yeah. 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 we're talking about the Titans again. A lot of Titans talk. A cantankerous fool. Is that what Wes called him? I, I believe he just believed he loved how I like my coach a little. Uh, yeah, he, crazy he, does, yeah. he gets agitated during press conferences. Yeah. I mean, that happened with the Falcons before. The I season. mean that in the best way. Yeah, That's what I, I liked it. about uh, Mike Westoff, the old special teams coach. Yeah, just yeah. just a cranky old. Oh, he's on our show and he's cranky right. with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, um, one defensive coordinator not going anywhere is Joe Barry. Matt Lafleur, the Packers head coach, said that Barry will. Return. So there's a little. Did he also on say that. that Nathaniel Hackett might come back, yes. leaving the he, door open I think for he Hackett? Was, I I think, as I understand, he was asked about it, and he's like, "Yeah, we're open to that." But and perhaps it will happen. But that's interesting. But that's Hackett, putting, of course, that's is putting Hackett coach into, and, into something that he. It's sometimes you just get elevated a little bit too high. It's like mm-hmm. let's just bring you back to where you need to be. You'll be fine. <laughs> come back home. We'll leave the lights on. Yeah. Come back home. Uh, all right. In other news, so that's kind of like the roundup of all the coaches. And what's going on in that realm? A uh, little league news. There was a uh, significant signing extension today. Roquan Smith, who's done very good work uh, with the Ravens since coming over in that trade at midseason from the Bears, agrees to terms on a five-year, $100 million contract extension. Uh, that is a lot of money. $45 million fully guaranteed, $60 million in total guarantees. And for a team that I've told you, uh, on this podcast, I'm kind of over. They kind of bore me. Uh, giving a $100 million extension to an off-ball linebacker is on brand. It doesn't get my juices flowing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they're very happy with this man, and he's made their defense better. So good job, bro. What's on your radar? It's just kind of boring. The Ravens but are it's boring. But it's their offense that's boring, so like a, uh, though, right? Oh, I mean, huge signing out of Baltimore. Yeah. Roquan Smith, $100 million. Right. He changed cool. their defense. I, we'll get to it Thursday. But I also, think they're a tough matchup for the Bengals, just the Bengals' offense. They not, have the franchise the tag now if they want to use it on Lamar. Right, that's huge. And he also served as his own agent and got the biggest for you. Uh, money ever. So you know the agents are sweating this. We do have some more coaching news, though. We have some oh, breaking news. Wow. What? We told I was about you to say happen. that, but Greg, oh, no. Greg Dennis hogged Allen? the breaking news. Oh, announcement. Do you want, I didn't do you want to give it to Mark? Yeah. Sure. You don't have to. Please. I don't know. Just like we, we, I just let you know we have some breaking news here. Let's go. Let's well, we already covered that. Oh. They, the audience we knows already, that. We already had that conversation like a minute before. Oh, you I just only want wanted that. that. All right. Give it back to Greg that. then for the. So Greg, you announced what it is. I just want to announce the music. All right. There you go. We came down at a good spot. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Let's clear it. Yeah, yeah. You Take say, the music out. We gotta sage okay. it again. He wants, sage Mark the wants the bump. He wants the pop. Say the, of, last, I'm coming say the in. last line about Roquan Smith. Just Roquan close it Smith. What a guy. We do have, by the way, a little bit of breaking news. <laughs> Whoa. Mark, on top of things, as always. Greg. The Commanders <laughs> have fired offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Young Turner. Oh. Young Turner. Shoot. This is how you become he not knows. Young Turner anymore. This will age you. Yeah, he just ran out of time. Like a sitting president. This is escaped, another scapegoat move. Commanders in Washington, D.C. in the Pentagon. There's less <laughs> lately. I know. Well, maybe. <laughs> They're losing commanders at a rapid pace. Ron Rivera w- was talking on Tuesday, so I guess he sort of strategically did this Need right after Rivera his back. press conference. Of like how he wanted to be a run first team. That's how you win in the NFL. You control the time of possession, this and that. And I'm just like, uh. and I'm also thinking, why did they wait till week 18 to see Sam Howell? 
Uh, that was fun. Wait, by the way, down the stretch, they were one. Of, they were like the most run-heavy team in the entire NFC. And if anything, Young Turner was using all sorts of different players and creative ways on the in the ground game. Yeah, where'd that come from? Young Turner, like you know, son of Norv Turner, deserves better. Young Turner, and will I'm find sure his he'll way. get another opportunity out there. Well, he will. This always you know, there's a lot of talk, by the way, about the Nepo babies right now. You're hearing all this Nepo baby stuff going on out there. Yeah, and I'm no, not I think saying it's... his career is indebted uh, fully to that, but I think Scotty's gonna Scotty too hot. He will land on his feet. There are some Nepo babies out there, but it's um he also has done some things on his own, you know. The NFL is is rife with nepotism. It certainly <laughs> is. To your point, Nepo babies all over this joint. <laughs> uh, let's Stop. see. Let's see. Let's what see. What else do we have going on? Oh, did we on? have anything else to add on Roquan, though, by the way? Or did we? I, we think, that, I think we wrapped it You deemed up. it boring. Mark came in. I'm not, I don't think it's boring, and I understand we hit how the salient points. We hit the salient it's points. Just, the Ravens excite me. Yeah. I didn't. Co- Greg announced breaking news to break away from Roquan Smith. Yeah, it felt I felt like the conversation was over. We were moving on, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just trying get, to get a feel. Button things up. I can't. I can't. You guys are too <laughs> dynamic. Uh, Mike McDaniel said the Dolphins head coach that Teddy Bridgewater could have played on Sunday. Okay. Uh, dislocated what? pinky. Uh, he suffered in Week 17 against the Pats, but they went with. Um, the kid. Why don't Skylar Thompson, who's Skyler now banged Thompson. up, I don't think he's saying like he was at his full strength, but it was a pretty good indication to me that Teddy has a strong a strong chance to play this week. To- can I, can I just ask very, you this like, though? Like it it was a win or die playoff scenario. If there ever was a time to put do or die, typically <laughs> win or die is sure. Win do or, or die. die. I mean, yeah. you could do something poorly and then you do die. But I I'm don't saying think you, if, they I, needed if to there win. was any chance. And I know we talk up Teddy pretty highly on the show. Uh, he hasn't highly, done a maybe. lot of, in recent years, but he would have given them a much better chance, I would think, than Skylar Thompson, who is not ready for this. But Could he it throw the out. ball with a broken finger? They, yeah, were, they playing were saying the right team they were at saying the right in time. practice it did not look good for him throwing the ball. I don't know why you need to say that if you're McDaniel. Yeah, basically. that's a weird just, comment. But I like every a lot what he says, so I'm not going down that road. I, the, right. the point Enjoy was him. more that sure. like he was close in his mind, and that I think he. Every time I saw him on the sideline with the walkie-talkie and the aviators, like I couldn't <laughs> yeah. help but laugh. He's kind like, of funny. It really, I did enjoy that. He's kind of funny. He's what we thought. We thought we would get two of those. We thought the other would be Nathaniel Hackett, and that turned not mm. fun in about six and a half minutes into week one. Right. I wonder if Hackett will, you know, sit sit it out a little bit, get back into the hip hop dance classes. You're getting paid like a ton of money. Yeah. Why? Why are you? Why going rush back somewhere. into anywhere? Yeah. Um. All right. Grow a beard. Just Grow vanish. a beard. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Eagles. Your Eagles, Connie, are not playing this upcoming week. So right. we're not going to dive deep on the Eagles. But I did think it was notable because I wish I would have seen this on Sunday night. We didn't see it and didn't what? get to it. Uh, but here's some sound of Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, talking about Jalen Hurts on uh, Sunday uh, post game. Uh, about him, you know, making his way through that Giants game, coming out of it okay, even if he wasn't really okay. This is just something notable I want to get on the record. We didn't feel like there was more risk, but, you know, I know he was hurting. He was hurting bad, and uh, but that's the kind of uh, competitor that he is. That's the kind of the uh, person that he is and the kind of teammate okay. and leader that he is, um, that he was able to go out there and stick it, and, and tough through it. I know he was hurting, and then he doubles in it. He's hurting bad. And I'm just thinking to myself, after two weeks, he comes back, and he was clearly less than 100%, got the dub, got the bye. There's just no guarantee, Connie, that he's going to be 100% even after this bye. It's going to help, obviously, but I thought it was notable that he came out and said how badly Hurts was playing in pain during the Giants game. If he was hurting so bad, why in the world did he drop back 42 times? Like, they have the ability to run the ball and do other things, and they just weren't employing any of those concepts like and they needed to and obviously they needed to for a couple of different reasons like one to put away the Giants who were playing their backups but also to preserve Jalen Hurts here I didn't like it it was strange and he he did not play a great game no it's worrisome Mm -hmm. I I agree we talked about it on the power rankings podcast that interception in the third quarter was one of the worst decisions I've seen him make all season and they played a very conservative game plan to avoid making Jalen Hurts get him in positions where he could take hits that I get all that so I don't make too much of the fact that they only had one touchdown or it's more about one got called back for a really bad call 
an illegal man downfield. Come on. And he threw an interception on the next play. So if that, I just I wouldn't tell whoever your whoever your opponent is. I wouldn't let anyone know that your starting quarterback is hurting anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's great. Because get, let's Physically, be real. Physically, emotionally, everything's great. Right. It's Jalen Hurts. It's like in hockey. It it's a lower right. body or upper body injury. Right. All right. Okay. Howie, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Be a good Catholic. Just bury it all inside. Exactly. Nothing's wrong. Everything's that fine. That organization, right? All right. Brandon Cooks wants to be traded. <laughs> FYI, we knew that over in Houston. Everybody wants out of Houston. Not shocking. Uh, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, you better not be in Houston. Uh, and finally, um, well, not finally, penultimately. <laughs> love oh, it. God. Love it. Uh, I know this this interests people uh, because he's going to always be asked about him. But Zach Wilson uh, spoke to the media and was asked how he'll handle competition, uh, knowing that it's coming to the Jets quarterback room in 2023. You said you're a competitor. So if they come to you in March and say, look, uh, we're going to keep you. We like you. We're going to develop you. But we're signing veteran X to be our starter. Mm-hmm. Rich Samini. Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going to. I'm going to go out there and do my best uh, to just show the coaches that I deserve to be there. And, you know, and it's not it's not in a negative way. It's a positive way. It's making everybody else, you know, better, hopefully. And, and you go out there and you just attack every single day. Oh, what he's a, just a, a sweet baby. What a I don't know. He looks like he's younger. What, a, what He needs a beard. What a change, by the way. That, that soundbite compared to what things were entering also, training camp. Also, in print versus hearing him say it. It's kind of like, like in print, it's like, well, why did you say that? Mm-hmm. Just don't say that. It sounds inflammatory. But then in hearing him yeah. say it, it's just like a nice little kid. Yeah. You know what it reminds yeah. me of? It reminds yeah. me of like Tim Tebow joining the Jets saying like, competition's going to make us all better. I'm going to work and make Mark better. Iron it's sharpens like- iron. Uh, the real story that people should pay attention to coming out of uh, Jersey yesterday was that Quinn and Williams, uh, the best player on the Jets, arguably uh, a pro bowler and potentially an all pro. Um, he uh, said, I'm not going to be heading to voluntary workouts unless I get my new contract. He wants to be the highest paid defensive tackle in the sport, and the Jets do not have a great track record of taking care of their own stars. Get this one right, Joe, or uh, you're going to have a problem with me. Finally in the news, and Rich Eisen. I mean, and the two people that you don't want to mess with in the world. Oh, God. Me and the face. Finally, and this is good news. Great news. DeMar Hamlin, Bill's safety, back in Buffalo. So he gets out of the hospital in Cincinnati, uh, out of the ICU. He's got all of his mental functions. He's speaking. He's he's still recovering, though. So he's still uh, getting um, hospital care. But he's back in western New York. So great news on DeMar Hamlin. This could not, as bad as things were a week ago Monday, they could not be in a better place than they are right now. Mm-hmm. The doctors from uh, the UC Medical Center, I feel like I have now gotten to know them from watching the press conferences. And really, I just want to say that I feel like they're America's doctors now. Mm. Like, yeah, I know that tweet right. they sent out wearing the, uh, <laughs> the, the Hamlin jerseys, just like saying thanks. I love thanks them. To, I mean, I was like, that's too much. Mark, you have a couple. Yeah, I, I mean, just like it could have gone in so many directions. And it, I'm glad that it quickly got here for the Bills, for Buffalo, for football, for everything, especially for DeMar Hamlin. I mean, just like, I couldn't, I think we're in the best possible realm at this point. Beautifully said. That's it. I think you're totally, the listener, caught up. And if you're just finishing now the Sunday night recap, (laughs) uh, you can now roll into this episode and say, oh, it's only, it's a tight 60. We did it. Well, We'll, we're disciplined. We'll be back on Thursday. And Thursday is an important episode that you cannot miss because it is our super wild card weekend preview, breaking down all those games. And again, if you want to go see us at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood, secondary market. And I would say um, <laughs> you keep co- saying that as if like there is. Uh, how could you find it? How do you, how do you know your kids college funds? Nothing should be off limits in terms of finding a way into that. Yeah, building. chip away mm-hmm. at any family finances that right. might be oh, hanging in the balance. Oh, I, I think my uh, my little girl's going to need braces. She'll be fine. She's like, open up that thousands account. of generations what lived without braces. Right. They were fine. Who needs teeth? You don't even need them. Well, she's, her teeth are going to be there. They just might not be as straight. Knock but you out. will be at the bourbon room for the ATN homecoming show. If you guys want to get under an hour, you should wrap it up like, oh. right oh. now. Good. Okay. 
Why do you you don't think this is essential conversation? No, I just like do you have a goal of actually coming in or does it not matter? I don't know. Do you want like one more new horizons? Yeah, keep an eye out. We'll also we're gonna continue, yes, to track this week New Horizons Thursday coming up. Mark, I'll give you the final word. Goodbye. Said right. word. It was beautiful. You nailed it. Just like that breaking news. You nailed it. <laughs> All right, till Thursday. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.